I think fundamentally we we do have a vision of what this podcast is about where it's just us talking about life about art about sex about food about news about all the shit that kind of like riles us up or humors us or or just gets us talking and uh you know that's every episode will be different um what did you say say it again later this week with coco and fran that was my bite i needed that oh (laughs) (laughs) but i made it sound like a question later this week with coco and fran later this week with coco and fran with coco and fran Hi, Laura. Hi, Fran. How are you? I'm all right. I just heard you clicking a lot, and I said, hi, Laura. Well, you know, I've got to keep up tradition. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Clickety-click, 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 clickety-click. So what are you doing? I am enjoying a cocktail tonight. Mm, Rum and Coke. That's my preferred cocktail. Ah, mm. I see you have a nice slice of limon. Limon all the way. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so what did you eat today? Uh, all day or just for dinner? All day. Don't be stupid. What did I have this morning? I had my coffee. I didn't really eat much for lunch. Mm-hmm. I was running around doing groceries and shit um and i bought some i bought a rotisserie chicken and i made a chicken caesar salad tonight for dinner Mm. what about you well i don't really eat during the day anymore why is that because i do um i do my interfasting okay i do it sporadically but most days i do it and um i had for dinner what I do is, as soon as I wake up, I'm so boring. As soon as I wake up, the first thing that touches my stomach is I drink um, lemon with water. Okay. And I usually drink like an entire jar. Real sexy. And then I have a little bit of coffee and then I'm off to work. And then after work, I eat. And then I eat and I had, tonight I had a lovely breaded fish and I had um string beans string uh, uh steam string beans i had salad and then after dinner i had a um what i like to call dessert which is a little bit of cheese love it <clears throat> so what is it that excites you about food the taste <laughs> <laughs> i mean what more can you I love the taste, the smell. Uh, I love to cook food. Um, but yeah, the taste. <laughs> I love okay. the feeling of it in my belly, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What about you? <laughs> For me, it's texture. And like you said, the feeling in your belly. Like people who, you know, there's very few people that that I know, very few that I know that I spend time with that love spicy food. Mm-hmm. And I love spicy food because I do get like a high from it. And I feel like there's people who hate it because they're like, oh, I don't want my mouth to burn and then I can't have taste buds. And it's like, after a while, I feel like you can't, I don't know. It's just like you become tolerant to it. Like I become tolerant. But like, it's funny what you said about how you feel of, of it in your belly, because I feel like that with spicy food and I feel like that with alcohol like I feel like if I have certain types of wine Mm -hmm. like I can feel it in my stomach and I like that feeling like I don't know it's a weird like sadomasochistic food thing (laughs) uh I don't know if I have um I love spicy food I do I I think it's I think for me it's not about like burning hot spicy food i like food with flavor and spice and 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 some heat Uh, i don't necessarily want my taste buds to be obliterated because i like the taste of food and i want to be able to continue to taste it throughout the meal um but i think those individuals who 
shy away from spice and their idea of spice is probably like old El Paso taco seasoning, you know, mm -hmm. no, we're not talking about that. Like that to me is not spicy at all. You know, I think those same people are probably afraid of getting the squirts too. True. Exactly. Well, they, you know, they probably don't eat, you know, what we consider mundane foods because yeah. they're just picky, you know, mm -hmm. Lord knows I know a lot of picky eaters and do you? Oh God. Yeah. Like a lot. And I, I, it's gotten to the point where if, if you're not willing to try things, you can't roll with me. Mm. Like seriously, you can't. I can't. But, what, but what do you mean by like, what are things that they don't want to try? Like, is it really out there or just no. normal? Like, okay, just a list of some things that people don't eat. And I'm not talking because of any allergies or anything like that. This mm -hmm. is just straight up. I'm a child in a 40 year old's body kind of, you know, mushrooms, mm. um, cheese. That's like sacrilegious, you know, uh, <laughs> it just onions. I remember making these like caramelized onion tarts. Mm. Um, with like Gruyere cheese and I, I think I even sauteed some like Granny Smith apple in there like it was an apple onion it was delicious some people just don't like onion and I I don't get that I really mm. um, garlic I've had I've, I know a few people who don't and like I find it utterly offensive when I've run out of garlic in my house like, I feel like I've failed as a human being if I have run out of garlic. So I, I don't I don't get the reasonings behind not wanting to eat things like that. And again, I'm, I'm not counting those who have allergies or even like digestive issues with with things like, for example, for me, green peppers, I can't eat them because I get crazy heartburn. So. It's not that I hate the taste of peppers. I love, I, mm -hmm. I do love the taste of peppers, but they give me heartburn. Do I, do I love them enough to want to take something for them? No, it's not a big deal to me. Yeah. But yeah, like those, those are just some of the things that I've heard people that I know not want to eat mm. simply because they just don't like it. Right. You know? So like, when you were growing up culturally, were there things people didn't eat? Like in my family? Well, just in general, like people like in your house, extended family, like were there things that within your culture that you just know is a stereotype? Like, yeah, they won't eat that. Um within my culture no i don't think so i don't know if i'm understanding what you're asking though like i know growing up as kids you know my 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 mom didn't keep like junk food in the house for example because okay. she was she was a stay-at-home mom she cooked all of our meals um most of them were like traditional middle eastern foods um but she would like mix in you know, North American, whatever, whether it's like uh, her own version of mac and cheese or something like that. Like, but for the most part, everything was, had a Middle Eastern flair and she made it all. So things like junk food, like cookies and chips and, and things like that um, were never kept in the house. And it wasn't until like, you know, you get older and you start making friends and you go to friends' houses and they have these things in their home, you start wanting those or you taste them at your friend's house and, and you want them. And slowly as my parents kind of, you know, got continued raising their kids and became more familiar with like the Canadian culture, whatever that is, or the North American culture, they would bring things into the home but it was always considered a treat. It was always kind of like, no, 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 you can't have that now. It's for company or something like that. So mm -hmm. it became this thing that we wanted all the time. And I think that was, that's probably the earliest 
indicator of present day addiction. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I, I totally hear what you're saying. I mean, what I guess what I was really asking was exactly what you answered, because for me, growing up Italian, condiments like American condiments were just like not really heard of. Like it's like imagine going to an Italian restaurant and asking for ketchup. Like I would they be don't as a non-Italian. What's that? I would be offended as a non-Italian. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously. So, <laughs> so I had family members who did not eat mustard, did not eat ketchup, did not eat mayonnaise, did not eat relish, did not eat like salad dressings, like you know sour cream cottage cheese like things that you think at least in america like a lot of people those are staples or things you have in your fridge all the time and they were just very like italian family members who like are just like you know and i remember going to italy the first time i ever went to italy it was i was in the second grade and i'll never forget um like going there and remember being in like a grocery store and not seeing like ketchup and mayonnaise mm. and mustard. And it was hilarious, like little grocery stores and just not seeing it. And it was like, it wasn't until years later, like if you go now, like obviously they had their own versions of everything. But at that time I remember being like, wow. It's so like being a kid and being like, wow, you can get chips. You can get all kinds of stuff that they had, of course, but. But I just remember Italians just never liking American condiments. Like just mm -hmm. thinking they were like, like if something doesn't taste right, they would put um, either like hot peppers on it or they would put olive oil on it. Yeah. You know, it was like salad dressing. What's salad dressing? It's red wine vinegar or balsamic vinegar and olive oil. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. So was there, was there, were there things that your mom or dad, were there things that they were totally skeezed out by, like as far as American or Canadian food? I don't recall, to be quite honest. I think, you know, there, there are definitely things that I know my, my, my dad never liked, but it wasn't necessarily just North American. Like he just never... For example, he never liked the taste of lamb. So my mom never cooked with lamb, even though there were often a, a lot of like Middle Eastern foods did include lamb. Um, so I never, I grew up not really eating lamb. It wasn't until I was, um, I think it was the, the first time I actually had lamb might've been at uh, my in-laws. Uh, they made uh, lamb chops and I fell in love. Like I, like it's very delicious to me. So um but yeah, I don't think there was anything that was specifically um, North American that my parents, I mean, my mom isn't like into junk food or there, there's things that she won't eat. Like she just doesn't like the taste of it, but mm -hmm. it, nothing that I could think of specifically. Okay. What okay. about <clears throat> Oh, forget. Condiments. Oh, Italians. I mean, it is so many of them. You know, it's also weird, like with Italians, because, you know, I'm specifically culturally, I'm from Southern Italy, so we eat a lot of seafood. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that, you know, the thing about North Americans that they don't understand is that when you go to an Italian restaurant, an authentic Italian restaurant will only serve food from a particular region. So if you go to a, an Italian restaurant that's serving like cavatelli with broccoli, but they're also serving fettuccine Alfredo. Those are two different regions completely of Italy. So if you see them on one menu, it's a little distracting. Yeah. But I remember as a kid always eating seafood. And the first time I went to Italy, I met some Italians that were from Northern Italy who hated seafood. And I thought that was so weird because I associated seafood to being like an Italian thing, but it really was just a Southern Italian thing. Yeah. Um, but for me, I really, as I get older, there's things that I, there's nothing I really don't like, but there are things that I just don't eat. And it's not that I don't like them. It just, I don't particularly find them exciting. Like if someone serves it to me, I'll eat it, but it's not something that I'm going to be like, it'll be my first choice when I go to the store. 
Such as? Corn. Okay. I'm not a big corn person at all. Um, I find it overrated. I feel like people eat it. And, you know, every time you read, like, something about, like, the worst vegetables you can eat, it's usually, like, corn and potatoes. And I'm like, okay, one out of two ain't bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not a big corn person. I'll pass over corn. Um, I like cornbread. Oh, yes. I made some really yummy cornbread once. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because it wasn't until I went and had cornbread with real Southern people and they were like, cornbread is never supposed to be sweet. And it was funny because I don't like sweet cornbread. Because when I'm eating sweet cornbread, I feel like I'm eating a muffin. Yeah. What was that? Nothing. Did Laura come? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Our studios are not insulated the way they should be. I'm about to fire someone. Mm-hmm. There's going to be blood. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So for me, it's corn. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Like, there's certain things that I just don't, like, I always say to myself, if I lived alone, there's certain things I just wouldn't buy. Like, I like maple syrup, as in theory, but I don't eat it on a regular basis. So I feel like I wouldn't buy it. Like, what would I use it for? Yeah. Yeah, I I love maple syrup. Um, I don't make pancakes anymore. I do flourless pancakes now. And when I when I eat the pancakes, I usually take like whatever fruit. If I have a bunch of frozen fruit, I kind of make like a fruit compote or some kind of like Mm -hmm. berry sauce or something like that. So I'm not adding any sugars other than what's in the fruit. Um, but yeah, maple syrup, man, mm-hmm. love it. I would drink it. Well, me and you went and have, we started having shots of it. Yes. When I visited. Yeah. And, and Pre- it was oh, funny. Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, but that was week of COVID. That's true. That's true. There was, yeah. there was, there was question about whether or not you'd be able to cross the border. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we're renegades. We do it. Mm. Um, but but it was funny because here we are sampling maple syrup. And the first thing I thought of was, because, you know, I, I love my, I love liquor. I love boozes. And I said to you, I'm like, this dark maple syrup would taste really good with like bourbon or cognac, like a little bit of bourbon or cognac. Wasn't it legit? Like it was fucking legit. That was so good. Yeah. That was I'm so good. You, I'm glad you brought some home. Yep. Um, I'll have to get more. Um But yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because, you know, you and I talk about this all the time, like the way we grew up culturally is so disconnected from at least the people I grew up around, like Mm -hmm. the people in my neighborhood, like we used to have dinner and have friends over and our friends would be asked to stay. But if we went over our friend's house, our friends across the street with their parents would be like, "Mm, we're going to eat now. Can you go home? Right. Very much so. Very much so. My my family was the exact same way. And it I mean, I know my mother, she always cooked for an army regardless, but it's you know, there was never the expectation that there was going to be anything anyone more any additional people other than her family. But if someone was over, there's no way that they were gonna be sent out without being fed. There's mm-hmm. no way. Like that to me is just like I find it rude, but anyway you know yeah and i remember um the other thing was is that we always used to make fun of the neighbors because they used to drink milk with their dinner they were those people yeah and they were grown they were like we're talking middle school to high school like drinking milk and the parents would drink milk and i'm like because i grew up where every adult at the table had wine in their glass Mm mm-hmm when I grew up, uh, growing up in my family, we the only time we had milk, when, the only time I drank milk was if I was having cereal. And that was obviously, you know, middle school into, you know, pre-high school or, yeah, middle school into high school a little bit. Um, after that, I never really ate cereal much. Um, 
I'd have cream or some kind of milk in my coffee. There was very rare occasions when I craved a chocolate milk. Very, very rare. And that was the only time that I ever had any kind of dairy beverage. Mm -hmm. But just the idea of pouring a glass of milk and, and drinking it with my dinner just it, it grosses me out it really really does um chris's family does when i when i first started seeing him and was invited to uh their house for dinner and whatnot the entire family drank milk and like it was a bizarre thing for me to see because i just i we never did that mm-hmm. you know so he's kind of he's weaned off of it like since he and I started seeing each other um, doesn't drink glasses of milk anymore. When we go over for dinner, he doesn't drink milk. Like it's just not, it's not something that we do or he does now, but his family does. They still, they still drink milk. Mm, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's gross. Not to be judgmental, but that's disgusting. Uh, I mean, (laughs) it is. (laughs) That's gross. Not to be judgmental, but that's gross. Um, yeah, but you know, also, <clears throat> I guess growing up the way we did because food was so important, um, we ate at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Food was, you know, you and I often say, even though you being Lebanese and me growing up Italian, it was the same thing. Like you're in the middle of dinner and everyone's talking about what they're going to cook tomorrow. Yeah, I and I find myself doing the same thing now. Uh, or if I'm planning, you know, some kind of a weekend getaway or something like that, we're always thinking about what the next meal is going to be. Even if we're we're dying of food pains, like our stomach has expanded to five times its original size, we're still talking about what the next meal is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know what the other thing is? And you and I have done this before. Oh, God, yeah. Where we're totally like... Oh my God, that was so delicious. Next time, you know what we need to do? We need to order that with the potatoes, <laughs> but then get the potatoes fried and then get an extra order of the side. Yeah. That's what, and, and meanwhile, we're about to puke in the parking lot. Yep. yep. <laughs> all the time. But, but don't you think all of this, like our culture was part of the reason why we have such food issues? Oh, for sure. Like, I I know that my food issues stem directly to (laughs) how I grew up with food and my relationship with food. You know, we, my mom was a a housewife, you know, stay at home mom. So she cooked everything. And she, my dad was the sole provider and he was able to provide for us, but we didn't have like anything extra but but we never felt like we were missing anything other than like you know that new fancy toy that everyone wants or whatever the new shoes you know but we never we we had everything that we needed um and then when it came to food the whole idea of uh not wasting food was was big so when my 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 mother would serve us a portion looking back some of those portions were really adult portions (laughs) like for real for real and the whole idea of having to finish what was on your plate is a lot as a kid and you it it carries on into adulthood when you see when you serve yourself a plate and sometimes like I can I even uh do this where especially if it's a buffet or, or whatever, you end up putting so much on your plate and you know, you know, you can't eat this all, but you push through, you push through and tears are (laughs) down your cheeks (laughs) and you push through, but it's like, but that's, that's where it came from. Like Mm. I I can't, I, I can't abide by throwing food away, but I'm also getting to the point where you know what? It's okay if I don't finish everything. Mm. But I also, but I try not to put more than 
I should, honestly, mm -hmm. you know, because it's okay to go for seconds. Like you don't have to have three rounds on one plate. Here's my fat person's guide to buffet eating. Yes. First thing you do is avoid all salads and bread. That's number one. 100%. Okay. Definitely the, nope. definitely the bread. Then <clears throat> what you do is you go to the most expensive item they have. So if you're at a wedding and they have like shrimp or crab legs or lobster, you go right for that. Yeah. Screw the pasta. I don't care what kind of sauce is on that pasta. I don't care if some old toothless Italian lady made it without with her feet. I don't need, you don't need it. Nope. You don't need it. Nope. So <clears throat> that's, and then here's my, here's my little, you know, skill. I fill my plate with just a little bit of everything. Yeah. And I taste it all because, you know, it might be nasty shrimp. That's true. The sauce on something might not be right. The scampi might be greasy. Mm -hmm. The crab legs might be dead. <laughs> My you know? angriness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I usually try a little bit and then I literally, with my fat person memory, I look and I go, these are all the items I need and I'm going to go back. And, you know, like I went to a wedding, the last wedding I went to at the end of last year, um, I got, like, I went right to the seafood bar. Like, I was watching all the amateurs getting pasta, Ugh. filling up on rolls. But, you know, there's so many people who don't like seafood. I don't get that. That's another thing. The people who don't like seafood and fish. I, I, I don't get that. Listen, I can understand seafood just a little bit more. Maybe. Than cheese. <laughs> then cheese yeah i i don't understand because you can say to me there's certain cheeses you don't like and that's fine and i will and i will make fun of you but but if you tell me the blanket statement that you do not like cheese like not even like pedestrian cheddar yeah because cheddar is pedestrian yeah. i don't care if it was aged in a vat with bourbon it's still a pedestrian yeah but if you're like, oh, I don't really like brie. I don't really like gorgonzola. I don't really like like really sharp cheeses. You know, some people I've even met, there's certain aged cheeses. I have friends who love cheese who, with age as they've gotten older. They find that there's cheeses that actually give them a reaction in their mouth, like the aged cheeses. Okay. And some of them are fat, so they end up still eating it. But... <laughs> But, but like, I get that. <clears throat> but how do you not like any cheese? I don't understand it at all. I, I think I told you about my, my New Year's Eve party. So <laughs> I decided that I was going to do a very retro fondue party. Not a lot of people. And I, I looked at different, you know, recipes, whether I was going to do cheese or a broth. I, I opted for pretty much cheese fondues. I did this traditional fondue um, with white wine and various cheeses. And then I did a pizza one where you could dip. I had different things that were synonymous with pizza toppings and, and stuff like that. The whole night was actually cheese themed. I had many individual triple chocolate cheesecakes. I it was just like it was a cheese fest. You would have loved it. You would have been in heaven, seriously. Um, someone who was there did not like cheese, and I was really kind of disappointed because I wasn't told ahead of time that this person didn't like cheese. Even though the menu was known, right? So it was just it was it was it was a little frustrating, but I just I just didn't understand not liking cheese, like not even wanting to try it. There was another uh, I made these like Parmesan stuffed 
turkey meatballs with like a really delicious kind of marinara sauce and whatnot. And the, the piece of Parmesan that was in the meatball was very, very small. I convinced this person to try it. And they claim to still taste the cheese. And I, I, I didn't understand that. Now, let me ask you some questions. Shoot. Were they an adult? Mm-hmm. So. I think were maybe a little bit older than me. Mm. See, here's my thing. I don't know this person, but like I said to you, I would have told them as a grown man, I think it's necessary to lie to people from now on and just say you have an allergy because yeah. I think it's socially unacceptable. Mm. And I know, and I know we're going to get hate mail because people are going to be like, people should be allowed to not eat stuff. No, they shouldn't. No, no. no. If I have to force myself to eat my entire life, then you should too. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. yes. It, yeah. It was uh, it was very um, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I love how somebody's like, ooh, fondue. I don't like cheese, but I'm going to go to that party. Mm. Well, I don't want to throw someone under the bus. <laughs> Please do. But the person should have been told by my friend who I specifically said what the evening was about. Mm. You know? Yeah. Especially knowing that their partner that was their partner um mm -hmm. they they I, I would have liked to i would like to think that she knew that he didn't like cheese right and that should have been brought up but it wasn't mm -hmm. because i might not have done as much in terms of cheese i would have offered some other options but anyway yeah he's not on the invite list anymore Hey, well, you know, it's like kind of in, inviting a homophobe to a party that Melissa Etheridge is going to be performing at. You know? That's how I look at it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I just feel like, you know, the, it's funny what you were saying about filling up your plate and like, and I think that that's kind of like where a lot of our issues came from, you know? Also, I think, you know, there was also for me, there was like growing up, there was a rebellion. Like I kind of, there were things that we weren't allowed to eat because they were considered like quote unquote American or junk. And when they came into the house and nobody was around, you know, I was like Jabba the Hutt. Exactly. Like to the point of shameful hiding things, you mm -hmm. know, bags yeah. of chips or having, you know, a, a can of soda or pop, like whatever, like it was, it was shameful. Like when I think back about that kind of behavior, it's, it's very much shameful, mm -hmm. but just like you said, it's, it, the, these are the things that were quote unquote forbidden or mm -hmm. for a special occasion or whatever it, it, there was, there was, you couldn't have them for whatever reason. And that just mm -hmm. made you want to do it more. Mm -hmm. like anything when when you're when you're a teen especially like if you're told you can't go somewhere you can't stay out this late or you can't do this you can't do that you just want to do it more plain and simple and that's, yeah and that's how it was with food yeah i mean it's like i told you when we talked earlier today i said um that i used to watch old 70 tv shows and just polish off a large bag of doritos by myself yeah and when it was around, you ate it because you didn't know when they were going to buy it again. Yep. Um, but you know, it would have been interesting because you had two, you have two sisters, but growing up with two sisters, uh, it would have been interesting to see if you had a brother and to see if there was a difference in how food was acceptable, maybe for you, for you, for your brother versus you, because you know, for Italians, I don't know if this is the same case with um, your family, but with Italians, it was definitely um, boys were given more of a carte blanche to eat than yeah. girls. Yeah, I, I think in general, the Middle Eastern culture, boys are always kind of given that 
like you said, the carte blanche for for way more than what what girls would would do. Um, I like to think that my parents are a little bit more progressive in their mindset when it comes to like the whole Middle Eastern culture. Like they're not they're they very much for the most part assimilated to North American culture. Um, you know, they still have their old fashioned sense about certain things. Um, they're, they're both religious, you know, but in terms of everything else, um, I, I'd like to think that there wouldn't be so much preferential treatment if they had a son with, with, with us as well, but Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Like, I just see, you know, the way, um, some of my other kind of like relatives, how their dynamics are, especially if they have uh, boys and girls or a boy and girl. And it seems pretty even in terms of things, but it's, it's hard to tell. It really is hard to tell. Mm, Yeah. Well, you know, how was it when you all had curfews and stuff like that when you were getting older? Was there like strict kind of regulations? Oh, I had like the worst when it came to, because I was the firstborn. So I, I think, I think the rules were far more strict for me. And as, as I got older and my sisters got older, like if you go down the line, um, my mom got a little bit more lax with things in terms of the rules with my middle sister. And then my youngest sister, I think that's why I butted heads with her a lot because she got away with murder, like murder. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it was, yeah, it was, there was a lot of kind of resentment because I had, I dealt with so much when it came to growing up with with, uh, whatever rules, like, and she, she didn't have to, she didn't endure the same kind of, um, punishment so to speak mm-hmm. you know yeah you yeah. your sister is older right yeah and yeah. how was the dynamic in your family the i was always you know i always had a horrible horrible like you know curfew and everything it was just ridiculous i for me like growing up was less about sex being male or female it was more about control mm-hmm. um i just grew up in a very controlling family and that these were the rules and you know there was no understanding or acceptance and i think that there was this huge culture clash you know like we're talking about food and the resistance to accept quote-unquote american food into the house but there was also this resistance to accept like this is how it is here like it's not the way it was when you were growing up in another country like kids are allowed when they're 19 to hang out late yeah. you know kids are allowed to go to a party when they're 18 and not have you want them to be home by 10 o'clock yeah um you know and you know growing up a creative person and someone who had the need to find myself and do what I wanted to do. It was very difficult. It was very difficult. The resistance was constant. And, you know, as far as food went, I asked you that question about male and female and how boys were fed versus girls and what was acceptable. But I mean, I was constantly ridiculed by my family because of my weight. I was constantly ridiculed about, you know, what you should be eating, what you shouldn't. And the house was like full stock with food and, you go to parties and full stock of food and people fill your plate and full stock of food, but then you were in trouble because you ate it Yeah. because then people were like, why are you eating so much? Yeah. Um, and, and, and Italians are fucking brutal. They're fucking brutal. They will literally, they will, especially if you're a boy, they will literally look at you and they'll just be like, cause they always afraid of hurting girls feelings, but like boys, they will look right at you and be like, you really got fatter since last time I saw you. That's so bizarre because it's the exact opposite uh, in Middle Eastern culture. Like mm-hmm. if I was constantly spoken to or at or whispered, you know, in my presence about weight I've gained or my, like all of that, uh, you know, my sisters and I, we never, 
we never um, looked or dressed like your typical kind of Middle Eastern girl, you know, um, there's a, there's a kind of a stereotypical style or image uh, to Middle Eastern women where they're, they appear to be super high maintenance with a lot of makeup and just hair done everything like, and we, we never were like that. Um, but growing up, that was constantly in, in your face with regards to your appearance. And they would say it in Arabic in front of me as if I never understood, um, you know, when I've gained weight or anything like that. And that's why I just, I, I always hated family um, uh, gatherings of any kind, especially mm. a significant amount of time passed. Um, I just, it was, it, it caused anxiety because mm -hmm. I my appearance was going to be talked about. Nothing ever nice ever came out of it, you know? And, um, you know, at, the, at this point in my life, it's like, I, I, I could care less, but... Mm -hmm. There's still moments, you know, like, why does, why does a person's appearance have to be the first thing that it's talked about? Like, why can't we talk about a person's personality, their sense of humor, their, you know, their skill in this or, or their ability to do that? Like, why does it have to be their appearance? Why do mm -hmm. we have to talk about a person's appearance? Oh, you've lost so much weight. Like, yeah, as a person who's always struggled with weight, and someone who is losing weight currently, like I'm not really aggressive with my whole weight right now, but I have lost some weight. Um, it's nice to hear, but, but it's also like, why does that have to be the, mm -hmm. the first thing that someone talks about, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely understand. But also you talk in Mike, if you remove culture, generation generationally speaking mm -hmm. i think especially parents they will criticize their children about their weight from certain generations and it just comes from a deep feeling of their failure they feel like somehow the fact that you've gained weight is a failure to them because it's the same person who's shoving food in your mouth yeah and then later on they're telling you you're fat now to clarify Italians are the same way. They want to see that the women look presentable. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay for it's okay for boys to be fat. It's not okay for girls to be fat. But the difference is that in my just my experience, I can't make a generalization that the Italian people will talk about the woman gaining weight behind her back, but to the boy, they think it's funny because I've had this happen where they go, Oh, how big is your stomach? <gasps> that is awful. Yeah. That's so awful. when I was, when I was a kid, there was a restaurant in Italy that our friends used to bring us to. And they were friends with the chef. And one day we went to go eat at this restaurant. I had to be all of maybe, maybe 11 years old. And I was always chubby. And I remember sitting in the restaurant and the chef came out and he spoke Italian, didn't, under, didn't know that I understood Italian mm. or maybe he didn't care, but he came out and he said, how did you like the meal? And everybody was like, oh my God, it was delicious and wonderful, blah, blah. And they pointed at me and they were like, he loved it, you know, and he's from America. And he said in Italian, well, as fat as he is, I would imagine he would enjoy it. Oh my God. And what happened was with my friends and my parents is that they laughed mm -hmm. and they didn't want to cause a scene. Now, fast forward to me being in a restaurant and someone says that to my kid, that person, their restaurant would have been burnt down that night. <laughs> I literally would have went in the kitchen and started a fire on the stove. Yeah. Like unacceptable. Okay. But I lived with that. I lived with that statement for mm. a long time. Yep. Because it was half half of the story 
that was really upsetting was that this person said this, but this person didn't mean anything to me. But then also to be sitting there with my parents and my parents, really good friends and all of them laughing. Yeah. And trying to pacify me and be like, yeah, he didn't mean that. No, I know what he meant. Yeah. No, you don't, you don't even call your best friend fat. In a mean way. I mean, we call each other fat people, but that's different. (laughs) But I mean, like, saying to your friend, like, oh, of course you enjoyed it. You're fat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it was such an ugly moment, you know, and it was just from his perspective, which is very, what I had had been exposed to my whole life, his perspective was, well, he's a boy. Who cares? Like, why does a boy care that he's being called fat? Yeah, I don't think our parents really understood, like that generation really understood the psychological trauma of things that they they deemed as insignificant. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, same same I same like scenario in terms of when when relatives make comments like that, where oh she's gained weight, you know, this that and the other. Uh, my my family, my parents don't necessarily or didn't necessarily defend us or 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 say something along the lines of, you know, that's not very nice to talk about. Mm-hmm. Whatever, you know, it's they didn't put them on blast because they didn't want to cause a scene or people of that I don't know if it's cultural or just generational, just the gossip is ridiculous. And if you cause issue, if you have issue with someone and you make a scene, it just becomes this big controversy in the community. And it's like, it's not worth it, but yeah, like it's, it sucks having to say that a lot of my issues, whatever they may be, can be directly stemmed to how my parents brought us up or, or situations or moments in life that were shaped by my parents um because you don't want to blame your 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 family for everything no at some point you have to kind of take onus Mm -hmm. uh, you know Mm -hmm. for, for things but it's it it does um it is related to how we kind of grew up with food and and just just Mm -hmm. culture yeah well, they also, they lack a lot of responsibility. Yeah. And I have vowed that I will not, I will not give the older generation a get out of jail free card because they're just like, that's the way it was. Yeah. Because guess what? It didn't have to be that way. No. And, you know, honestly, it's the same reason why they take issue with the type of person that you would date or if someone was gay or if someone, whatever, it's because they think it's a direct reflection of themselves. And they always think that your life is reflective of their life. And somehow that fucked up generation, they also come from a place where if I tell you you're fat, maybe you'll lose weight. Yeah. Oh, what a brilliant idea. Yeah. I'm glad you're telling me. Yeah. Because, because, because my, right. Cause I knew, cause I, you, I'm glad you told me that because this morning, not being able to fit in my corduroys, you know, that really wasn't a sign that I'm. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's just, you know, and I, and I'm not, you know, you know, you're going to get people who go back and forth and be like, oh, well, they provided for you. Yeah. But there was basic skills that that generation, they come from a place of you could have done better. Mm-hmm. Because all you did were the basic essentials. Oh, we put food on the table and we dressed you. You're supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're but supposed I'm, to do that. But something can be said, though, that if if you were to somehow get get a glimpse of how they grew up, it's you know that you, you know that it, it's different. It was m- much worse. So as as each generation kind of evolves, mm-hmm. th- it becomes a little a little better 
but not necessarily like mm -hmm. obviously you have you have a child i don't have any kids the way you are going to be bringing up your child is going to be very different than how you grew up because you 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 know what it did to you and that's mm -hmm. something that you want to do to your child so you're going to be the way you approach things is going to be different and then yeah. her generation if she you know if she has kids it's it's going to be her approach is going to be completely different so it's like you kind of have to understand where they're coming from but also understand that they tried to improve on what they knew as well you know mm -hmm. not that not that i'm giving them like you said giving mm -hmm. them pass but it's with each generation it just there's that little bit of improvement with hope with, with hope yeah exactly well you know i just it's funny you said because just i mean the slightest thing set me off especially because i have a girl mm -hmm. and i know it's harder yeah she was just telling me the other day that there was a family member who was very vocal about the fact that they thought she needed braces which her own de dentist just for the record doesn't think she needs braces but there was a family member who said to her, which I didn't know because I wasn't there. She told me about it. She was like, oh, blah, 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 told me I need, I need braces. And I said, well, you need to tell her to clean her house. That's what she needs to do. <laughs> what the hell kind of comment is that, though? That's I'm just saying. That's so wrong. And I'll tell you off the air who it was. I can't wait. Yeah. I so... <laughs> but, you know, there's things like that where I'm just like, I told my daughter, I'm like, I don't care what your teeth look like. You're still going to be a beautiful girl. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like the fact that you're like thinking about what this and that, you know, and there's always something, you know, if you wear red, you're going to look better. If you're a blonde, you're going to look better. If you're everybody has their own fucking opinion. Yeah. Keep it to yourself. Just keep it to yourself. Just shut up. And. You, no one says anything around me if you can guess why but <laughs> it's it's damaging and as as hurtful as it was to me being a male i know it's so much more hurtful for females because there's this this level this expectation you see it all the time i mean when you go out to a restaurant you have the beautified woman who spent two hours in the mirror and her husband is in a pair of dirty shorts and he barely could clip his toenails. <laughs> we seem to go back to this scenario. I love it. It's, it's, it's good fodder. It's good fodder. I hate them. I hate that couple. <laughs> who, who is that couple? So wait, but I wanted to ask you if you remembered this. Do, <laughs> do you remember the time we attacked the buffet together? Listen, there's been buffets that have been attacked between the t you and I, and I remember, I may not remember everything about our, our friendship, but when it comes to food, maybe that's the key. Maybe we should always have food around. I thought we did. <laughs> I thought, I thought we did. I thought we did. I can remember things. Well, also, I just love the fact that I have to just put you on blast because I love when I come visit you <laughs> and it's like legit. I'm over your place the last time. It's in the middle of like, like COVID, right? Like COVID is literally walking around, right? Just she's like on on and she's walking around. She's walk, she walking around. <laughs> and we had originally decided to like go to a restaurant and eat when I come and we always go like one night, we at least have one night of sushi. Right. But, but it was fine because it was so weird. It was a weird time. Like we needed to stay in. Right. Yeah. So it was like every fucking night <laughs> you made these like meals that <laughs> you would have like, honestly, I was waiting to see like a team of chefs leaving your kitchen that night like <laughs> it was like it was like you go to a rich person's house and they're just like yeah just tell the person in the kitchen to make whatever you want and it was like one night you made like these really decadent quiches which I think were like the best I've ever had oh yes that's right and then you made that um the salad you made 
which when I say salad, it sounds like skinny people, but it really was not a salad. There was no leaves in there. The fatouche? No. The niswa. Oh, the salad niswa. Yeah, yeah. with salmon. Ooh. You made it with salmon, and the salmon the salmon pieces were like the size of the island that Gloria Estefan lives on. Like true, true. Fact. Yeah. There there ain't no skinny people portions at my house. It's no. all about fatness. And then the other thing you made was the um the um fajitas. Yes. See, I remember the food. Yeah. That's the key. That's the key. Food has to be integrated into everything. But I also want to laugh about the fact that I'm watching you make these fajitas and you're taking each individual piece of chicken that's cut very thinly that's been marinating and you're like cooking each one gently like you're giving little children a bath like each one is just being turned and you're just like kind of standing there. And I couldn't even talk to you at one point because you were so focused on getting the chicken like, And each piece individually had to have like the perfect amount of garlic on it. And like, <laughs> but I mean, I would never like, I want, I don't want to visit you where I feel like you have to cook. But honestly, now that I visit you, I just want you to cook. It's, I never, I, I never, um, feel like it's an imposition or, uh, um, what's the word? Like a burden to cook. Not at all. When, yeah. when, when I have people coming over, like I love to cook and mm. actually when it's people who love food because I can try different things or whatever, like, yeah. I love it. I love it. See, and it's funny because when I say I'm picky, I mean I'm picky with the fact that I'm picky because I like quality food. Yeah. Like, I like all kinds of things, but yeah. when I tell you something's delicious, it's because it's delicious. It's not just some rando, right? Yeah. yeah. But I was thinking about the time when you and I when were, this has got to be at least 20 years ago. <laughs> okay. And we we went to a family buffet party. You got roped in. This story cracks me up every time because I, I still can't believe that we did that. But knowing like who I am and who we are now, I believe it mm -hmm. because this is who we are. So, so there's like a buffet birthday party that we're invited to, right? Yeah. You were visiting... You got looped in. It became a family thing. Everybody was like, yeah, bring her along. Sure. So it turned into this thing where it was like, I don't know, maybe 50 people were there, but there was like food for like 150. Yeah. And there was like vats of ch fried chicken. There was vats of like, just, you can just imagine those big silver trays. And I remember you and I just went head down in our food and we probably didn't talk for like 15 minutes like the Simpsons. We were just like, wah, 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 I, wah. I don't think I was breathing at one point. Like it was just, you know, those like food eating contests. <laughs> <laughs> and here's my favorite part. <clears throat> I can remember like it was yesterday. <laughs> we got done eating. And at that point, there was like a need to be on like oxygen, right? <laughs> and you literally looked up at me and I'll never forget. You were like, why do we do this to ourselves? I say that all the time. <laughs> and, and I remember just looking at you being like, I am so full and you were like I feel like I'm gonna throw up like you were like I'm so full like we just went like literally we it was like driving too fast and then hitting a wall like we were just like so all of a sudden just as we're having this conversation someone goes <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> so someone someone says from the party just as you and i are having this moment of explosion 
of of sheer gluttony. This is where Gluttony Bennett. <laughs> Someone says, "Hey guys, do you know there's a soft serve ice cream bar?" And you and I looked at each other and go, "Ice cream bar?" And we just got up and went to go get ice cream twice. 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 Oh my god. I'm dying. Twice. Twice. Listen, Glutoni Bennett <laughs> Encore twice. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. I mean, it was Glutoni Bennett and Glutoni Danza. They were both there. <laughs> oh Christ. Oh God, that's great. <laughs> I mean, we had, I mean, and I can just, I remember, I can remember the place. I can remember like what it felt like. And I just remember you and I sitting at the end of this table and we were just like, I don't even remember. It was like, it was kind of like when you watch a movie where like someone's in a coma <laughs> and then they, and then they wake up and somebody's like, yeah, you, you've been asleep since 1978. <laughs> like. And you and I were like that. We were eating, eating, eating. And then we looked up and we're like, oh, we're in a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Because, I mean, the food, like, I just remember at the time, the food was really good. Maybe if we went back there now, we'd be like, oh, this place sucked. Why would we think it was great? But, (laughs) I mean, it was like, there was pasta and there was fried chicken and there was bread and there was like all kinds of like, I don't know, like all kinds of like meats and doughs and like just stuff that fills, like if you were drinking, that's the food to eat. Yeah. You would not get drunk. No. You would not get drunk. No, no. Not even a buzz. No, nothing. (laughs) Why do we do this to ourselves? Yes. I don't know, but I love it. I love every single moment. (laughs) Yeah. Every every morsel. Delicious. So I don't want to be spoiler alert, but you and I are going to be taking a trip somewhere together soon. And we made this commitment to each other that although you and I have been eating predominantly well the last few months, because you and I have done the opposite of what most people have done with COVID. We've been like taking care of ourselves and getting better. And we have a commitment that when we get together, we're going to, don't worry, we're going to do a show together because our fans might get nervous. We're going to do a show in person. Mm-hmm. And when we are on this trip, we are committed to not think about what we're eating, how much we're eating, and it's just going to be for two or three days because we deserve it. 100%. I'm, I'm totally down. <clears throat> I'm not going to worry about what is being put in my mouth. Mm, nice. You know? Mm. Exactly. Right. But but we did say, though, we don't want to be totally fat people. We did say we're going to walk as much as possible. We're just not going to stop ourselves from eating. Exactly. But you and I, we are walking people anyway. We, we are. We are. We stand upright and we move our legs one in front of the other. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be uh, an issue yeah. to, be, to be mobile in that way. Well... I feel like we've taken a great journey through food. Yes, we did. Um, Was there anything that you wanted to add? Or do you think we, we covered the bases in terms of our fat, fat history? I think our fat history is, it can go on. I'm sure this is going to be like one of many. Um, Because you and I, can talk about the time we went to Little Italy and had family-style dinner. We can talk about the time where we pigged out on Indian food in New York City. I we... mean, there's uh, those memories linked to food, the yeah. best. And let me just close with this one. Mm. The time where we had an enormous dinner at my house, and an hour later, I said, should we order a pizza? And you said, sure. You know. Like normal people do. (laughs) This is why we call each other fat people. But fat people's a state of mind. It's not the way you look. Because you can have a, I have like a 700 pound person that's waiting for a reality show inside me. 
you know same same mm-hmm. I, I i feel that yeah maybe not so much the reality show but <laughs> that yeah. inner yeah yeah all right well <clears throat> thanks for eating with us bon appetit thank you for making me laugh like a dolphin <laughs> <laughs> dolphins are delicious <laughs> roasted <laughs> what soft serve ice cream bar Let's do it. Jamento.com.